of the Tower After Hours podcast, our digital marketing podcast, live from Tower Marketing. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, hi, this is Kelly, and um, today on our podcast episode, I have Ashley joining us. Hello. And Tim is here. Hello. And Meg. What it is. Mine was actually normal this yeah, time. You, Mine normally you, isn't. Usually we ask Ashley to say hello, and then it's five minutes of laughing. So <laughs> I'm growing. <laughs> so um, we're on a little bit of a tightened timeline today. Um, so we're going to jump into this. Um, some like official podcast business to share up front is I am now supposed to tell you that you can find our podcast on iTunes. Um, as well as um, a brand new page on our website. Um, so those are two places that you can go to listen. And if you do listen on iTunes, you should um, subscribe and you should rate and you should leave us a review. And tell all your friends. I feel like bio. I feel ridiculously official now. So <laughs> with all that out of the way, um, we're gonna jump right into this. And um, Tim. You want to go first? Yeah, I guess I can. Um, so some recent news today is Disney now has taken full control of the Hulu digital streaming platform. Really? And I hadn't heard. Well, it's because of uh, their... So if you want to get your Disney fix, mm. you got to go well, elsewhere. Well, not Disney fix. It's anything NBC Universal. So Comcast... Mm. Sold off, it had... That was the thing, that you can't watch Friends on Netflix now. And The Office. Yes, they're going... That was the big thing I was trying to tie into. Sorry. Yeah, ahead. so yeah. with Disney now owning Fox, and now Comcast selling off its stake in Hulu, uh, I think they said in 2022 is when NBC Universal will be moving off Hulu, and oh, then it will be all... <laughs> Disney, it will be 100% owned by Disney. And the current theory is that with Disney Plus being their specific streaming platform for families, any of the non-Disney branded materials such as... Uh, Marvel? Well, Mar like some Marvel. So like Deadpool, which is obviously, you know, R-rated stuff. What? <laughs> Definitely child-friendly. <laughs> yeah, so, so that... Uh, any, any horror-related stuff, that will be going to Hulu. And the idea will be... Is Disney is now going to double dip you because you're going to be buying a Disney Plus account mm. and then they're going to have to get you a Hulu account and they're going to charge you for both. So is it like the Disney Plus is going to have like your Bambi, Bambi, <laughs> your Little Mermaid. It's like going to be like the Disney your G archive. and PG maybe. Mm. Like maybe up to the PG-13 for like okay. the young adults. Sure. But then after that, you know, or rather older than that, yeah, you're going to be looking at Hulu for that. Interesting. I didn't hear. Like, I knew Disney was, like, going off of things and going they, they to They own everything, thing, basically. Basically. Like, everybody. Star Wars. They own Star Wars now. Yeah. Isn't that so weird that you have, like, Bambi and, like, Han Solo? And they, they own childhood <laughs> is what they do. They, they own have, childhood. They have, they have an exclusive monopoly to it. Hmm. It's very sad, in my opinion. Like, I... Not sad, but... Um, you before the podcast even started, Kelly was saying like before you walked in, um, like we're gonna have so many just different streaming platforms to watch particular things. Like mm -hmm. now I won't be able to go to Netflix 
Hulu or HBO to watch a Disney film. I might have to go to like this new Disney platform streaming thing, which I'm sure will be another $6 a month. Like, I think it's what it's kind of also saying too is don't throw out your VHS and your DVDs because <laughs> they're more. You're, you're not going to have to pay monthly. I think it's going to go the opposite way. It's going to be like people are going to be like, I wish everything was bundled together. Oh, look, there's cable. Everything's bundled together. So basically, we're going to go full circle. As to oppose, like, you know, people who, like, people like me who were, like, cord cutters because, like, I don't watch TV. So why do I need to pay, like, $100 a month for, like, 500 channels of, you know, garbage when I can just pay (laughs) $7 (laughs) a month for a specific service Mm -hmm. that I use? But now it's like, well, okay, now if I want this, that, and the other Mm -hmm. thing, well, I can't, they don't have, like, I know Hulu used to be free. You could, they had ad supported. They got rid of that. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, they did that mm-hmm. years I ago. I signed up too late then. Wait, which one? Hulu. Hulu. Oh, Hulu. Okay. It yeah. Was so free. You, yeah, it was free, and it was ad supported. But then you had to go. But then recent, like a couple of years ago, they moved to Hulu Plus, for like as default, which still shows you ads. Is that the one through Spotify? Hulu Plus? No. It's, there's two different types of Hulu. There's Hulu Plus and the normal Hulu. Oh. What's Hulu Plus? What's the difference? So normal Hulu now, it's it's it's, it's a subscription still. Oh, that's the ad thing. But no. Oh. It, well. <laughs> Let him go. My brain's like going through things and I forgot that we have okay. Hulu and then I forgot that I hate watching it so, because every 15 seconds is a commercial. Yeah, but but now you have to pay and you still get those ads every 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the purpose? What's the benefit? Because you, they want to upgrade you to Hulu Plus, yeah. which is ad free. Oh, I see, I see. I'm with you now. Yes, I'm there. I'm a cheap. I'm a cheap. Or I'm cheap. Yep. Good job. <laughs> well, we also <laughs> talked about the fact that through that whole thing, and then, oh my God, now I don't even remember if we said this when it started recording. So I apologize if this is an echo. That they're also going to take away. Friends and the Office, which is, I think is what ninety-seven percent of that's because so people the, watch on Netflix. Part of the reason for that is with NBC, with Comcast, NBC Universal, it's like a million media companies all formed <laughs> into one. They're now launching NBC, I believe it's NBCU, which is going to be their new digital platform, which is where you know that's all NBC-owned intellectual property. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so the off is going to get pulled. Anything that NBC owns is going to be pulled from Netflix. I have a question. So Netflix they, is going to go down. I mean, I that's all people. No, well, no, Netflix is pushing. They're they're going the HBO route where they're going for original content yeah. because doing like doing a syndication just does not work, mm-hmm. especially when it's going to be you know cool. a monopoly. So my question is, if you have people who can tell you, Pete, the exact episode, season, time within the episode, that something occurs and everything, do we need to keep this stuff around? Because does not everything have a season? (laughs) So therefore, it's just like, oh, yes, it was a really good show. But you know what? Another new show is going to come on out if people can become original again. Those shows are perfect Mm. background noise. Yep. I think that's what a lot of people use them for. Yeah, like I, I have watched the following three shows at least four times from beginning to end. Friends, The Office, Parks and Rec. New See, Girl. I like it's just I staples. know those. I watched all of New Girl. Uh, Office I've seen a couple episodes. I did participate in trivia and I did pretty well with that. Just by guessing. Um, Friends plug. I've seen stuff and then what was the fourth one you said? Parks and Rec. 
Parks and Rec. I did, like, try to start that to go gung-ho with it and everything, but I really couldn't, like, just flip back to it yeah. the next time I was going to watch TV for yeah. some reason. I think yeah. it's because you grew up with no channels. You just mm. don't know how to watch television. Maybe. No, I grew, I grew <laughs> back up with, to the I VHSs. Grew, I, grew up, I grew up with five. I didn't get cable till I was, like, 17. Tim, yeah. why was I always the one receiving crap from everyone? I was because I, because I know <laughs> Because I know <laughs> TV. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he found a way. He found a workaround. You I see. are still kind of clueless. I'm, I'm picking up on TV. Things, yeah. Like, do you have streaming platforms? That I have. I have one. Which is Crunchyroll. 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 It's for weebs. What's a, What's weeb? a weeb? You don't want to know. Quick giggles. Crunchyroll or a weebie? Like a crunchyroll. Yeah. That's, that's the point. You don't know what it is, but you know how to say it. <laughs> All right, so the takeaway is, if there's anything on your streaming services that you haven't watched yet, do it now because everything's going to be stolen from you. Rethink everything mm-hmm. that you're doing. I just finally finished two uh, series and everything, which by the time it came down to the end of it, it was just like a waste of my life at that point. But I was just like, I've already put in like six seasons. I have to just put in the last two. And that's... Oh, like everybody thought was lost. Yeah, like, I was way behind on watching Orange is the New Black, finished that. I didn't need to watch it to the end, but I did. And I just finished Once Upon a Time, which I didn't need to see till the end. I forgot I to add, uh, oh. I forgot Disney actually owns ESPN. What? Interesting. But that's, right now, there's really no sports on those streaming things anyway, so that doesn't... But, but they, they could will. clearly corner the market. Yeah? On sports. Well, Amazon Prime has Thursday Night Football, which is on the... NFL now. Yes, because they, they poached those rights from, it was either CBS or, I can't remember who was carrying it before. Well, NFL Network is Thursday night games, and now they also, like, stream them on Amazon. Yeah, I know, because I know Amazon will rebroadcast those on Twitch.tv uh, as part of, because Amazon owns Twitch. So they'll kind of bring that over to, uh, to their sub-platforms in order to cross-market that. Oh my god, could you imagine if you had to get a streaming service to watch, like, ESPN? So another Well, you probably will have to, because that's where that's that where ESPN now is on. It's now on Hulu. But you can't watch it on your regular... But I'm saying, like, if they took it off regular TV and were like, ah, you gotta, like, buy ESPN now. Just oh, no, well, they, they won't do that because ESPN... Well, part of the reason people were leaving cable is because if you watch... If you, if you have cable... You pay, they, they have ESPN, and fi- I believe it's $15 as part of your bill is just reserved for sports licensing. Mm. Hmm. So another thing that I picked up on, fine, if you don't want to keep your VHSs and your DVDs, because therefore you can watch anything at any time, is maybe we should just limit our TV watching and our streaming and go outside and play again. Oh my God, get out of here, Ash. There we go. People are outside. Watching their TV. <laughs> we actually just talked about this weekend. You're getting, kind of like, you're getting the college life. Yeah, where it's just like, yeah, I'm playing outside and taking your TV and um, your controllers of your video consoles. I can't even think of what they're called right now, but outside yeah. and play it outside. All right. Well, Ashley, because you had that great idea of people yes. just giving up media. Absolutely. I'm going to put you on the spot. Great. That's fine. <laughs> so... I 
um, this is really switching topics and everything, but that's fine. I um, attended a leadership conference last week, which was super exciting. Um, it's the first I've been to of its kind, and I had so many takeaways from that I'm trying to transcribe my notes in a document, and I'm already on the fifth page and only at the second of nine speakers. Oh my god. Yes. So, a lot that I took away from, um, so it was called LeaderCast Live. There were nine speakers that were um, speaking live out of Atlanta, Georgia. And then basically there were a bunch of host sites around the country who, um, you know, you could just go to that host site and kind of listen in. But you also, there was interaction too because each host site had um, kind of like a host leader who would introduce stuff and then say, okay, now it's time for a break or like Mm -hmm. now you're going to do yoga at the end of lunch and everything. Try doing yoga in your chair, by the way, because that's basically what, we're in an auditorium and we're just doing yoga. Just a lot of stretching around. There's a lot of like stretch up, (laughs) try and stretch, but don't hit your neighbor, but kind of like make friends that way. It was a lot of stuff like that, but there were a few things where I was just like, oh, okay, like I could do this in my desk at work that I never really thought of, but no, that was a separate takeaway. Um, Keep a look out for you doing yoga. Make sure you do it every day. <laughs> I'll put it on my calendar. Awful, like, neck cracking. Uh, <laughs> sound. You already do that. You already crack your body weird. Yeah, yeah. So, I, sorry. Nope, that's, that's good. Good <laughs> shout out on that. All right, so among um, your five pages of takeaways, yes, which do you want to hit gosh. on here? So, like, I was trying to think of, like, what I could just share as, like, one little snippet and everything. Um, the speakers come from all different backgrounds of pastors or vice presidents um, at Southwest Airlines and um, a neuroscientist um Studying the brain. I hope I got the name of that right or whatever. But Tim the brain. Tech, neuroscientist studying the brain. Just neuro neuroscience. Neuroplasticity. She said Ooh. numerous times. So picked up on that. <laughs> uh, but she, since we're on her, she was speaking so much about the difference between the mind and the brain. Which, like, I don't think I. Uh, what? No, 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 no. Here, let me read you my couple pages. I'm just kidding. No, there's studies done where there's differences of the mind and the brain. The brain is the physical that holds um, the mind. Basically, your brain doesn't make choices, your mind makes choices. I disagree. No, go ahead. Give us your your thoughts. Just like weather versus climate. (laughs) No, I didn't think of that. No, well, no. Oh. Okay, all things are chemical reactions, right? Dopamine makes you happy. Ooh. So yes. I thought that was endorphins. <laughs> like the endorphins. No. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry. Nope. It was well, a quote from Legally Blonde. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> there are endorphins. If yeah. You're right. That's oh, a oh, thing. Okay. You know? It's not made up. But it's it's just chemical reactions cause and effect. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess I kind of get the idea that the brain is the physical. So basically, she showed okay, a picture of like a good drippy brain right out of a skull type deal. And she said, this is not your mind. This is a brain. Well, yeah, that's my mind is up here. Right. Basically, (laughs) your mind is in your brain. Your mind is what helps you think, feel, and choose. Was this person an actual doctor? (laughs) (laughs) Or Or did they get their doctorate in like... Psychology. Yeah. Well, where did you get your it doctorate? It was an honorary degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Anyhow. a doctor of fine arts or something. So that's just one <laughs> particular person, um, or one of the speakers. Others, I mean, they gave us a couple of different things as to you know when you're trying to 
craft a team, um, build a team is actually what he said, is you want to you don't want to hire, you want to build your team. So you want to like look for particular traits and stuff like that and obviously select um, kind of according to that to build. So I'm trying to be vague just so I'm not going to give you the eight hours of like knowledge that I received because we only have oh, no, we'll a little bit of time. We'll give you your own personal, you can just come in here with the... <laughs> The microphone, and you can, we can link to my, my uh, document <laughs> below. <laughs> the brain with Ashley <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, mind your business. <laughs> um, so that's a great podcast. <laughs> There's gonna be such a, a I basically I have to report back on this internally and everything, which is why I'm kind of going through all my notes and all. But um, there's also a few things I I don't want to delve too much into it now, but the three of you guys can know that I'm going to try something with the team that I learned from this. Um, Basically, a way for everyone to self-analyze and um, kind of identify... um, the different categories that they fall under because basically one guy wrote, one speaker broke it down to um, when they started their business, they had, um, all right, I'll give you a little bit of stuff. All right, here we go. But um, people have to pay good money for this and we're getting Yeah, right? So it was um, basically you want them to be, I'm also can't find it in my notes right away, so I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head, but um, you want to be hungry, there's another H, and then you want to be smart. Humble. Humble. Thanks for listening when I told you the other day. Oh, okay. I was wondering where you actually did. Bleeding already. You didn't tell me, but like I've been told being humbly hungry is quite the best to do. Sure. Yes. Anyhow, so he drew a Venn diagram and everything um, with three different wheels and basically said you don't want... You don't want to hire a person that has one of these three traits because that they're not going to offer you much for your business. Mm. Two of three traits are fine. Three of three is basically gold, but two of three, he breaks it down even farther, which that I'm going to leave as a cliffhanger. Um, But he breaks that down into basically there are good combinations that you kind of want to try to mold into or identify like what you are. Therefore, you can kind of... um, you can kind of ask for help and accountability to become better at the one you're lacking in. Does that make sense? It does. So um, that was another thing I learned, but I was, I'll kind of pass it off due to time, but I was so excited to attend. I was so happy I attended. Basically, like, in the first few hours of being there, I was texting a few people here at the office and was just like, oh, my gosh, I wish everyone was here. More people should come next year. They already have the date for next year, so I'm, like, well, really stoked. Well, we can stoked. link to it, and maybe, I mean, maybe there's a website where people can see more about the the activities that you listen to. So So you don't have to summarize them all for us. Perfect, perfect. There was um, a resource that they, like basically you could buy a bundle that um, had access to the recording of all of this. It had some other things and all that fun stuff. But um, I just wanted to share my excitement about attending it. Well, maybe after you do the activity with us in the office, you could come back on the podcast. Ooh, I would love that. There you go. Thanks for having me back, guys. (laughs) See you next time. So with that, I'll pass it off to someone else. Yes. Meg, I'm going to pass it to you. Okay. Um, that way if we run out of time, <laughs> I don't have to do my time um, So mine is um, about SEO because it's what I do. Um, but this week, Google actually just rolled out, um, well, before I do that, 
So the local pack, um, a service that we offer here at Tower for a lot of our clients is um, helping them with their local SEO presence and what's called the local three pack. So you do your basic Google search, a hardware store near me, and there's typically three results in a fun little box there that um, typically are more appealing because the quick facts are it's X amount of from wherever I'm searching it from, location-wise, the hours are there, reviews are there, and typically users don't scroll past the local three-pack because they'll choose one of the options in there. So help me understand, is that also they basically have more of the Google My Business filled out than someone else does? Yep, yeah, that's that's exactly what put you in the local three-pack. So oh. you might as well join our team because you, you already took the words out of my mouth. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to, but no, I'm just like... Okay. <laughs> Um, trying to understand it all. And I was well, for talking. example, like, um, don't mean to call out any businesses, but I went to go make reservations at Luca, the other, like, which is a new restaurant in downtown Lancaster. And I literally typed in Luca and went to open table because there was like a fun little open table link from Google underneath the listing. And it turns out I made reservations for a Luca in California. Oh, And delightful. not for the Luca in Pennsylvania. Next, so, you had to then you reserve your cancel. No, your I cancel. Jet. I cancel. Yeah. <laughs> and the only reason why was because it was like I was waiting to make a time for like six o'clock, and it's like, oh, we're not open at like three. And I was like, what? And like I didn't know what was happening, and so long story short, um, you know, Time local, helps. yeah, <laughs> uh, local businesses needing to optimize for their local presence is extremely important. Um, and the reason I'm bringing it to the forefront for the podcast is because Google just rolled out paid services of Google My Business, so like we can create profiles for all of our clients. Um, you can put fun little things in there, um, like service, uh, keywords that you do, um, categories, locations, service areas, um, posts even as if it were like a timeline. Um, so we take a lot of our clients blogs and put them there. Um, but Google had a big summit for developers last week and me and, um, Caitlin, our other SEO watched a lot of the live casting, um, and they're offering paid Google, my business services. Um, so like if I'm a business and I have a Google, my business profile, there's like more options that I can add on top to what they already have. Um, and the conundrum is if I pay for the paid version, will that better my results locally if I pay for the paid version versus not? Um, so that's kind of what I thought was up for discussion. Like, is it even worth the time or am I already investing in a marketing agency to take care of this Mm -hmm. for me? Are they paying for it versus not? Um, it's all new and all in beta, but, um, it's just kind of what I brought to the team to talk about. So do you about. think that doing the paid, I mean, I would have to imagine that doing the paid service is going to get you better search results? I think that... Like if, paid ads? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're just not utilizing Google My Business at all, don't even consider the paid option if you don't even have, like, your standard stuff ready to go. Um, so Google My Business is the basic. Once you have that complete, then... Then you can opt in for paid options and I think they're marketing it more towards people who don't utilize businesses like us or agencies to help take care of that for you um but for enterprises that have like you know McDonald's like I don't want to go to a McDonald's in Ohio I want to go to the McDonald's like you know Mm -hmm. right down the street on King Street like that's how important having your local presence is so that users know how to do it and um especially for Lancaster and local businesses we take care of that's obviously really important too Mm -hmm. You do a very good job of um, locally optimizing our podcast by dropping like three different 
area businesses already. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The McDonald's on King Street. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's easier for people out there who aren't finding where to go. Um, make sure you always put your location in with the business you're searching, especially if it's, like, a chain, because that's just the best rule of thumb. And then if your destination can't be found, then their local profile obviously is not. Why is it? <laughs> Tim, maybe you know. Meg, maybe you know. So if I'm on a... This just happens a few times and it really like bothers me. If I'm on like a retailer's website and I want to find a location near me and I put my zip code in, why am I never getting... Why is the one that's nearest to me like usually like the third or fourth one down mm. i wonder that on ways all the time like it it'll say like me. if i'm like looking for a cvs here's my thing and they're like oh here's a cvs that's like 0.8 miles away here's a cvs that's 1.2 miles away here's a cvs that's 0.02 miles away i'm like what why is that one third that should be like the first one gis and centroids geo 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 information systems and okay. centroids is not working well on those sites no or? so so what with zip code with zip code related information it's not square and it's a rough polygon. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you come up with a thing called a centroid, which is you take a geographic area and you find the center of it. Okay. So if you were living, so like if you like look up Lancaster City, mm -hmm. it'll put you pretty much square like right directly in the center. However, which that's not even like the center city like square right. Well, Lancaster City is more or less a square. Okay, bad example. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but if you most like, cities are pretty much a square, it's all grids. Well, yeah, it, 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 there's like the city, there's like the borough, right? And then you have yes, like Lancaster right. City. But like, if you were to put in the zip code though, and you use like um, I don't know, you like the the one in Exum, which is one nine three four one. That's going to put you in Exton's a big sprawling area. It will put you probably in one, like, it'll find the center of the Exton zip code and put the pin there. But there could be other one, but, like, but if you're on, like, the periphery of that, it's going to say, well, I'm just going based on the center point, which gotcha. could be, like, three stores here, and then, like, you're out in middle of nowhere. Well, right. Browser settings come into play, too, though, too, right? No. No? That's only if you enable geolocation services. Thank you for trying. And even then, that doesn't have too much more accurate information. No, I would say that that's what's throwing it off. Like, it wouldn't make it better accurate if, like, your browser settings were, like, geolocated to 17603, like, here where we are versus, Well, like no, well, it wouldn't necessarily make a difference because if you're using browser-based ones, it's probably going to use your IP address to determine your location. Yeah. Which... Won't be as accurate because I know the routing for Lancaster sends you out to a backbone over in Pittsburgh and then routes you into Virginia. Um, I know, yeah, I don't know, it's weird. Hmm. Well, my advice would be don't trust the first one they give you because scroll three or four down and you're probably gonna find one that's like right next door to you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right, we have some time left, so I'm gonna jump into my topic. And then so, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, it's so been it's, great. Yeah. yeah, this is great. Best day I've had in a while. <laughs> sure. 
so um, this just happily fell into my lap this morning, so I didn't have to do too much looking um, for something to talk about today. Love it when that happens. I know. Lucky you. Um, but this was a um, report from um, Con- Contently, which is an internet marketing um, resource. And they did a study recently on how content marketers use visual content. Um, and it had, um, you know, a lot of great statistics and everything. Um, but the key takeaway that um, I wanted to talk about today um, was around video content. Um, so just as a general thing, so 69% of the people in the survey said that they will share visual content at least once a day. And a lot of that's through social media, but it can be through their blog. Um, the visual channels. itself, that's not specifically video in this instance. Right. It's just right. imagery, graphics. Photo, yes, great. infographics, all that great stuff. But 73% of respondents have said that in the past year their need for videography has increased. Huh. Um, they feel that what they're producing um, as a company or a brand is... Um, not very well done. In fact, only 17% considered their company's video content to be very good. And what they're saying, um, an, a majority, is that custom video is the hardest content visual that they have to produce, which makes sense. Um, you know, a lot of photography, you know, you can use stock photography, and even if you do want custom photography, it's pretty easy to do. As Mike Mattis, our CEO, says, like, you can take great photos with your iPhone. He is also a very big proponent that you can take great videos on your iPhone. He probably gets a check from Apple. He probably does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we do that in some instances, too. But there also are some instances where we um, work with videographer partners um, to make things when we want to go a little bit more high-end or just a little bit more um, professionally polished. So I want to say one thing about the Apple phones (laughs) is it is a great tool. That's all it is. It's one tool of many out there. You wouldn't... It's an idea. uh, It's an idea, right? Um, You... If you ask a professional photographer who has spent a lot of money oh, on all yeah, their equipment, yeah. obviously, like, they're going to have um, better tools at their disposal. Um, the thing is, too, is we have to remember that just because it's an iPhone, there's different versions of iPhones, there's just oh, different cameras of iPhones. Mine's the absolute worst. It's embarrassing. Right. Like, so like when, I'm, like, when I'm, I'm told, Ashley, just take it on your phone, and I'm just like, I did, and this is what right. it is, like, I have an older iPhone, so therefore I can't get as crisp as an image of someone with a newer phone. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. You know, just to build off that, I always think of this. So a a friend of mine from college, she is now a professional photographer and she, you know, was always like, oh my gosh, like I could take great photos. Like, you know, if I had like a camera like yours. And so she actually did like a blog post on her website where she gave her camera Mm -hmm. to like her cousin or mm-hmm. like something and they took the same photos and she's like no it's not just the camera like I have skill behind this yes. camera like yeah it's no, not like, like I can just hand this camera to like anybody right so I think that's another reason where I mean I think not to say like don't use your iPhone because sure you know absolutely it's social media tool, like especially I said. like you're doing things 
so often. Sure. Um, a lot of it's on the fly. And so the thing is, though, is yes, there's skill behind photography, and I don't think I can even pitch myself as being a photographer. I even I took a photography class in school. I bought a nice fancy camera. Do I still know how so to use that I mean, fancy camera? No, I don't. grade <laughs> I got in college. Oh, no. This is how old it was. We had to go into a dark room and develop the film, and everything was Well, I had that opportunity in school, too, but I had a digital photography class. Um, the thing is, is I, yeah, I won't get into all that, but at the same time, I think nowadays, too, is the way you edit the photo almost helps make or break it. Oh, yeah. So the, the thing is, is if you take it from your phone, even like figure any professional photographer that you spend a lot of money to use, whether it's wedding, commercial, um, baby announcements, portraits, whatever, they go through and edit all the stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think the photographers and videographers that we use, I think they have a better eye than I do of even just the editing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I do my best. There's other tools out there to use. Um, so I downloaded someone's presets for Lightroom, um, and I have those sitting on my phone, so I've been playing around with those to see. Now, basically, I, it was a particular photographer's made presets, mm -hmm. so it looks like her style of photography. Sure. So it's just like, if I want that to be my Instagram feed or whatever, then fine, I could do that for every single photo. So, um, but I th look, there are other presets out there and stuff like that, yeah. so I think like that's something I'm trying to look into even for us, because it's just like, yeah, our iPhones are a great tool, our, um, like, let's get tools then to help us edit them too, because just clicking auto doesn't always do it. So I feel like I went on a little tangent. I'll let you get back to here. No, it's well, I mean, you because I was gonna say. So I mean, if, if companies and brands are saying that you know custom videos are the hardest like content for them to produce, and they're feeling a little out of their element, like doing it on their iPhone or having mm -hmm. to like edit. I guess my question to you, and you started going there, was like when we as an agency choose a partner to work mm -hmm. with, and if a brand wanted to find a videographer to work with, like what do you? Kind of as our mm -hmm. um, unofficial art director, <laughs> what do you look for when you're partnering with somebody who does this so, with a better eye than you? Sure. I think anytime anyone's trying to hire anyone for anything, and I know that's very broad, <laughs> but figure it, like whether it's, um, you know, our clients are hiring us to do work for them, mm -hmm. or once again, I'm just wedding is, I don't even know why that's on my brain, but... Um, from you're planning, married, Ashley. We get it. You're already married. <laughs> from planning a wedding and all, you go through all the samples. You go through a portfolio and everything. So in choosing someone, you go with someone who has a portfolio similar to work that you're wanting to produce. So if there's a photographer um, that has like all the edits are very um, muted and neutral tones and kind of like the sepia feel, but not really like that's their style. You see that in every single album that they have and everything. That's fine. That's their style. Do I want that for me for my wedding or do I want that as my company? Um, does that match our brand look? No, it doesn't. They might have beautiful work, but it doesn't like that's not going to help us look like us then mm -hmm. um so when you compare all these different people that's all you're really doing is you definitely want a little bit of the portfolio from each videographer mm -hmm. um photographer because figure when people hire us they want to see our case studies what work have you done um what's your success what are the testimonies all that stuff so it's, it's the exact same thing that goes into to that so 
the people we have worked with, um, we've tried a couple different people. Um, obviously, budget plays into a huge factor. So I feel like just hearing that statistic too alone of um, the percentage, find it's difficult to create um, the original stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm trying to create an original video and I'm expecting it to look like a million bucks, but I'm using my little bit of knowledge, I'm using my <laughs> phone and I'm using maybe like a default filter, like no way it's going to look like yeah. a million bucks. So um, first off, you have to be willing to invest in something like that. Therefore, you're going to be so pleased with the outcome overall. It's so, so worth investing. I mean, as we do websites and, and stuff now, we we kind of do a quick audit of photography and we're just like you definitely like if you're looking for content overall like photography is just if you can't do the videography if mm -hmm. you can't like all that stuff your photography alone will help make or break your site i can make it look the best i can with all these other text treatments or colors or shapes or all that stuff but the photography if it's kind of grainy if it's kind of cluttered in the background there's a little bit of depth of field and stuff like that it's it's not going to be as appealing like if I take some I've done this before where I take clients photography that they kind of take on their phone mm -hmm. and then I duplicate the comp and I use stock photography and replace it and they're just like oh my gosh that looks so much better and I'm just like it's the exact same thing but different photography mm -hmm. so invest in that um so I said portfolio the budget for it um oh the other thing is basically we've worked with various people um for different clients some clients come to us with a past photographer or videographer mm -hmm. that they've used before we'll obviously continue using them if they already have that partnership and relationship otherwise I've built um a relationship with um I can put a plug for Jeremy Hess we use yeah. very often um for a lot of our stuff he does really great work um work. yeah absolutely so um then there's Mike Maville, who he, uh, we partner with him on some clients as well. So those are just two off the top of my head. There's so many other great photographers in the area who do great work. The two of them also coincidentally do videography mm -hmm. as well. Um, so we formed really great relations with them, um, working with them too. They, they trust me to kind of guide the direction of their Yes, the person, the client we're both working with, um, it's technically both of our clients, but mm -hmm. we more so have the longer relationship, more of the background knowledge, right. all that stuff. So um, they trust me um, and follow kind of my guidance and direction, which is really awesome. And it's really great to work with someone who isn't just like, look, I'm the photographer here and I'm going to do like what I know. So they okay. help educate along so the way too. That would probably be the final question because we are running out sure. of time. So I know that there have been instances where you have had issues communicating with a videographer or photography partner mm -hmm. and getting them to understand the vision you have yeah. in your head totally. and how do you work around that. So there was a particular instance where... Um, I was instructed to create a storyboard for a video that we were working with, a different um, videography group, not mentioned, um, but we were working with them, and um, I the storyboards I did were kind of like sketched out, you know, just marker to give some uh -huh. color and context and everything, and for the client product that we were shooting, I drew it face on, and it's just... 
I mean, this is a drawing. This is not a realistic, like, Renaissance painting that has all the angles and stuff like that. Um, And it, like, in no means am I saying this is the lighting I want it to be because it's Crayola marker that I'm using. (laughs) So, um, right. So when we were working with them, um, they set everything up for Batum as it was drawn Mm -hmm. in my sketches. And I was just like, oh, can, like, we turn that or whatever? He's like, well, I set it up that way because that's the way it's drawn. And I'm like... Yes, but at the same time, if you, as a part of your industry and the experience you have and everything, if you know it's better to tilt that to give some dimension and the lighting is, like, bouncing off of it because it's reflective, so how can we... Like, I need you to spot that as well and just be like, hey, you know what? I mean, if you want to reference my, like, literal twig (laughs) drawing and everything, that's fine, but just be like, hey, I saw you had it um, straight on here. You know, I think it would have better here. And I'd be like, yeah, sure, let's set it up, see how it looks. I totally agree. It looks so much better. So kind of someone who works with you educates you along the way because I I go back to those people who um, allow that flexibility, that trust, and educate me because, therefore, the next shoot I go on with them, we already have a jive of our expectations of each other, the overall shoot, and it's just so much more seamless by the time we get through the whole thing. That's great. Thank you. I really enjoyed taking my topic and making you do all the talking. Love it. Store that away for next time. (laughs) Okay, well, Ashley, Tim, and Meg, thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you for having us. Um, Thank you for being on our podcast. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, well, that's been another Tower After Hours, and we will be back again soon. And after you'll miss us, and then we'll be there. So, bye. (laughs) Bye.